It's a mock draft. I'm picking at number two. What am I going to do? I'm going to take Joel Embiid, but that's what we're going to do. It's a 12-team, nine-cap mock draft. Pick number two, Mickey Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. It is a mock draft. Yesterday we did pick one, Nikola Jokic. Now we're doing pick two and it is Joel Embiid. Um... I'm going to pick Embiid too. I wouldn't say that it's a lock that I do that in every draft though. I will do it in this one. I would consider Shea and Doncic and Halliburton at this spot. Probably Shea and Halliburton over him. But I don't think there's really too much you can do wrong out of those group of players at this spot. And if I was, if Steph Curry was four years younger, he'd definitely go in this spot or close to this spot for me as well. But he's not, so he isn't. We're going to do Joel Embiid. We're going to talk about, through this mock draft, 12-team mock draft, as I mentioned, but so we don't interrupt the flow of that mock draft. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Yeah, it is. Because Bird Dogs are the most comfortable shorts ever. If you were going to sit and do a mock draft, like I am now, you bloody, you bloody, bloody, what am I starting to say? You bloody better make sure that you're wearing your bird dogs. Because these are the shorts that transition from sitting, doing a mock draft, to going out and grabbing a drink at a bar and watching the NBA opening night game or going to a friend's house for a barbecue, going out to a nice dinner with your partner. Whatever it is, bird dogs does it. It makes your legs look great. Got that nice sort of tight fabric underneath that they're like a Lululemon sort of pants, but it just looks way better and it makes your thighs pop. It makes it look fantastic, to be fair. And they've also got the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. That keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash NBA, or you can just enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout and they'll chuck you a free Bird Dogs water bottle. That's birddogs.com slash NBA. You get a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. And now, I'm going to tell you that today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time. Maybe you get better odds now at the Miami Dolphins winning the Super Bowl after last week's blip. Let's call it that. Maybe you are more in on the Chargers after they've traded JC Jackson. And you think, well, that's going to help because he was obviously a disaster after signing there. So you've got all those options, futures, spreads, money lines, totals, player props. It's all over there on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Also, hey, by the way, NBA preseason starts in a day. I think it's less than 24 hours. So get on that as well. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And do not forget to gamble responsibly. All right, we are going to head into this mock draft, get it ready, get it cracking. We'll get in there in just a second, uh, do this draft. All right, let's 
Let's go into this draft. I am picking a pick two with Joel Embiid. I think I think I'm going to try to be a punt assists team. Is my initial thought. Punt assists usually has quite a lot of power in a draft, so just punt points. Um, you know, you with people who suggest you don't go into a draft necessarily with a punt idea in mind, but if you know who you're going to pick in the first round, you can sort of see their strengths and weaknesses. You have an idea. You don't have to reach in round two to make it retrofit that idea. But when you're looking at a guy in round two and there's three or four options there, the one that makes the most sense with your first round pick is fine to do. And I don't believe strictly in pairing, as you're well aware. And not reaching up to get a guy because he pairs well, it's not a good idea. But having an idea of where you can get value. Now, another thing to pay attention to when... Um, looking at um, picking and looking at um, building drafts and punting and all that sort of stuff, is that when you punt assists, it often means that you have uh, a deficiency in points. You have a deficiency sometimes in threes or free throw percentage or steals. They're all highly correlated. So again, punting assists doesn't mean being bad in assists because if I start to just turn that off on draft tracker and turn assists off, then all those other players who do those other categories will drop down the order and I'll just be stuck with a big man full team. So in round two or round three, I might need to grab point guards. I might need to grab those players who do still provide value in those categories. Otherwise, I'm going to find myself in significant deficiencies in terms of um, those other associated cats. Now, the cats aren't always as associated as you might think as I'll go in here and unpause this draft room. We'll get that cracking at the moment. Um, we should be ready to go. Yep. All right. Um, they're not as always as straightforward as you might think. The The correlations between assists, it's pretty strongly correlated with points. It's pretty strongly correlated with steals. And obviously, it's very strongly negatively correlated with turnovers. So I really do need to focus and make sure I'm getting points and make sure I'm getting steals if that is the way that I'm actually heading in this draft, as I better make my pick as I'm talking here. Jokic goes one, Embiid goes number two. Again, you don't have to take Embiid at number two. If you want Halliburton or Shea or Doncic, I think they're really the only guys in discussion for it um, in that top five. And then at, at six, you've probably got Tatum and Steph as the guys in that area, or you can throw Giannis in there as well if you want. So it goes Jokic, Embiid, Doncic, Shea, Halliburton will probably go at five. If you're at pick six and you get any of Shea or Halliburton or Doncic to fall to you, I wouldn't say it's a W. You haven't won your draft, but it's a pretty good start, I would say. I don't know who would necessarily go ahead of these guys in the category league, but it does happen. Now, that's a little bit early there for Lamelo at seven. No, it's not terrible, but you just don't usually see it, is more what I'm trying to say. Normally, you will see Steph go there, and then Giannis, and then Lamelo, or Giannis Lamelo slip it between eight and nine. Interesting strategy here. Let's see what is that a dog does. He goes with Giannis. That is a very, very standard top nine. Here's where it gets interesting. Probably Durant. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Davis, um, Lillard. I'd probably take Lillard here. And then at 12 makes it a really interesting pick. In the... Which what draft was? I can't remember which draft it was. Or I picked 12. I think it was locked on fantasy basketball bowl. I had picked 12 and I ended up with... I think I took Trey Young there. Um, but it's... Yeah, well, Davis ends up going at 12. It's just... A, it's 12 is a bit of a weird spot. Well, there you go. Davis at 12. Trey at 13. You obviously know that Trey don't get fooled by his nine cat ranking last season, right? You, we're talking head to head. We're not playing nine cat roto here. We're playing head to head where you can deal with turnovers, you can punt categories, and that pushes Trey up to this area. Ooh, Jimmy Heat World has taken Jim Harden. Now Jim Harden is back. He is practicing with the Sixers. I don't really know what any of this means, but to be honest, on Basketball Monster Sixers projections. I did up Harden's games, and I bumped some of the other players down. I didn't know that he was going to be there. He still may not. But 
He's there. He's practicing. Apparently, nothing negative necessarily happened. So I'm bumping hard, and I'm dropping other blokes down. Don Mitchell goes at 15. Sabonis goes at 16. Sabonis, I don't think, has any first-round upside, but I've got no problem taking him in this first half of the second round, especially in situations where, like you're punting a big man stat like blocks, getting a Sabonis who helps you in rebounds and field goal percentage in round two is very, very important. It's very important. Unless you're going to go punt every big man stat, which is a viable strategy, no doubt about that. After Sabonis goes Kyrie, Kyrie could go around 12 or 13. I am a little worried the way that him and Lucas stats, they, they just sort of t- took the top off, a little 5% off the top there. Um, well, that is far out. Carry on my Haywood son. That's so early, man. Lamelo and Cade. Um, I like both players. I just think you've eliminated a lot of value. Lamelo one, who cares? It's two spots. That's just so early on Cade. Um, I, I do believe Cade can, 5% chance, finishes a first round player. I wouldn't want to take him there at all. So Kyrie goes, Cade goes at 18, Booker goes at 19, Goose goes at 20. We did get some Pistons news today about sort of what we expected. Or sorry, not what common sense would tell us is that Bagley and ba- Bagley Jr., um, Bagley the fourth, are going to be competing for the backup center spot, which means A, they're not going to be starting those dickheads at power forward. B, Duran is starting. And C, Bagley and Wiseman aren't going to play together in games, which is for the majority of the time, which is awesome. Um, Stewart is a full-time power forward. He was that last season. My pick. I better make my selection here. Um, So what I do need to do is make sure I do get some guard-type players to help those categories that I lose otherwise. So if I am punting assists, who do I want here? Maybe, look, I'm not usually big on taking someone like Des Bain in this area, but those points are important. I might, I might just do it. I don't. I don't yeah, this is more just a. I'm trying to build something out. I think Bain could easily fall seven, eight spots here. I'm not big on him in this area, but I'm just trying to do something a little bit different with structuring a team um, here. With my next pick, I probably need. I'm gonna need some blocks at some point, so maybe we look at that, at that spot. And I knew that would happen in the comments. I thought Josh didn't like Bain. That's just, it's just not how it works, right? Do I like Bain? Yeah. Do I think these gets overrated in certain situations? Yeah. But do I think that it can make a little bit of sense in this area? Also, yes, right? Putting out ordinal rankings is, it's a hard thing to do because it doesn't include any context whatsoever. So I can say I've got Bain at 28 or 29 or whatever, but in some situations, he makes sense to go earlier. Um, all right, what do I do here? Do I go scoring again? Do I just take Paul George? I know people don't like Paul George. Uh, seven seconds, six seconds. Take Paul George. All right, so I've helped myself with quite a bit of scoring here. And now we're going to start to lean into some big man stats. Yeah, back to the Desmond Bain point. Is... Do I think that Bain is awesome at that spot? Not necessarily, but I am trying to just structure a team in a little bit of a different way, finding strengths and weaknesses in the right spot. Like I didn't want to take Jimmy Butler there. I didn't want to take Kawhi there to pair with Embiid. I don't like that combination of injury histories and the fact that you just you don't you can't have extreme confidence in the repeated injuries of those guys. I didn't want to take LeBron in that area. The other option, Jordan Poole, is he someone? Yeah, maybe. Okay, just, there was a lot of question marks in that spot. Fred Van Vliet, he probably would have worked for me, but he does get a lot of value from assists. So is that necessarily the right option for me there? 
Not necessarily. Again, the guy that's 22nd or the guy that's 28th, the difference between them is a bee's dick a lot of the time. It's not just about, well, this guy's 22nd and this guy's 24th. Uh-uh, uh-uh, you screwed up. That's not how that works. So, like, I can criticize a Cade Cunningham pick here, and I like Cade. I think that you're probably missing 12, 13 spots of guys who are, like, I'd rather have Booker and Edwards, um, probably Bridges ahead of him, right, without too much concern. But he can get to that area. But when we're talking four or five spots and we're getting into round three, I really don't think that we need to just stretch. And again, the draft doesn't mean everything. It means a small part of everything that you do. But this is a mock draft, of course, so we talk about it. Paul George went to me at 26. Bam, LeBron, Van Vliet, Butler, Turner, Marketing goes at 32. I think that's probably pretty good value there for Lowry. I'm going to be very interested to see where Jordan Poole goes. You know that I am pretty big on what he can do in the right situation. He probably doesn't fit exactly what I'm wanting to look at here with Embiid. But I've got no problem if he starts to go in any of these spots. Zach Levine is also another guy that I could have possibly taken. Yeah, if I had gone Zach Levine in round two, would have been criticism on that as well. But again, it is hard to. It's like I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't criticize people picks as much as well because it is a. Um, it's a tough thing to do to yeah putting guys in these set orders because it's not really how any of this stuff in practice works. After Markkanen goes at thirty two, it is Darren Fox at thirty three, Porzingis at thirty four. The Celtics are a very interesting team because there's so many guys on that team who are good, but there's no one behind them. There's like six blokes. So while if everyone's healthy, there's hard to find value in everybody. But if someone goes down, then the value shoots up. Pulzingas goes. Then Garland goes at 35. And Evan Mobley rounds out round three at 36. You could argue that maybe that's a little early for Fox or it's a little early for Mobley. I love that pick of Levine there from the big fella, Bobby. Um, but again, it's fine. We are not losing our minds grabbing 40, 50 spot reaches, which is important. Um, Siakam goes 38, Vooch goes 39. See, look, I'm not a big Vooch guy. I'm not a big Vooch guy in that area, but in the right circumstance, especially in a punt block situation, which I'm not sure he's doing because he does have Durant, who's above average, and Porzingis, but in a punt block situation, Vooch is fine because he helps boost your field goal percentage a little bit, but more importantly, he gives you rebounds, which is something that punt rankings for a blocks uh, situation will often neglect. The Murrays go back-to-back. All right, that's an interesting one. The headmaster goes at 40, Jamal Murray. Then DeJounte goes at 41. I would have those guys in that order. I would take Jamal ahead of DeJounte, but I know many people wouldn't. So I'd love to hear what you guys think between those two. Jordy Poole goes at 42. I love that. Ananobi at 43. That feels very, very early. So carry on my Haywood son. I'll criticize your ball and Cunningham picks a little bit, but I love you getting Jordan Poole there and Turner's pretty good. I think that's probably a little bit early for Ananobi, but when you're stacking Butler and Ananobi together... You're getting a really nice, nice um, foundation in steals, and while steals vary quite a bit, those are still going to be two really good options. As per usual, Wembenyama goes in round four. That is a consistent, and I actually love that. I'm glad that we aren't overreacting to him. Although I fear that when preseason starts in a few days, we will start to see Victor push up the board. We will find out. So I'm going to work out what I'm going to do at my next slot. I do need some blocks, so I am going to be looking at Claxton if he's there. Um, yeah, Claxton's going to be my guy. I just need Hashi not to do it because I do need to grab some blocks. So let's put Hashi. Oh, he takes Jalen Brown. All right, let's take Claxo. Mm, do I take? Yeah, let's take Claxo. Then I'll just wind the clock down a little bit to have a think. Um, 
just want to get some blocks up. Yeah, let's do that. All right. And then what do I do on the way back around? It's going to be the interesting one, isn't it? So I built up some scoring early on so that I can afford to grab some lower scoring. Jalen Brunson, that's a really good pick at 48. He, I was debating him, but I wanted to make sure I got a blocks guy there, um, which is what I did with him. Now, one of the ones I am considering... I'm getting close to considering Zion, and it probably is a little bit early, and I'm going to wait on it. Oh, Maxi goes at 49. I am waiting on that. What do, What about, hmm, let's, this is probably the right spot for me for, I know he's not necessarily a blocks guy, but he is going to start. Robert Williams is going to come off the bench in Portland. The decision for the starting three is between Sharp and Thibel. So it's not Rob Williams starting. So let's put DeAndre Ayton onto this team at pick three. 50, yeah, pick 50, which is, he's not a great blocks guy, but he helps me a little bit in blocks. He helps my rebounds push up. I do need to start, he helps my scoring as well. Um, I do need to make sure I'm, I am getting some threes coming up because they are looking dire at the moment. My team is currently projected to average 1.4 and I need to get more of those coming up. So I need to start getting some of these guys. I was considering Beal in that spot. I've got, was Zion go? Yeah, he did, 51, damn it. I was hoping I could get him back, but I do need to start looking at some threes players coming up in the rounds to follow. Maybe a Julius Randle, but I think he might hurt my free throws too much. And I doubt that Randle makes it back to me at 71. DeMar DeRozan goes at 52. Not that big on DeMar this season, but I think at that spot, it's totally good. Or totally fine. Totally cromulent. Uh, Drew at 53. It's probably on the high end for him. Um, I would rather wait. Just there's a level of uncertainty. Maybe it's not that that high. It's, there's a level of uncertainty there, and that, that's always going to be a risk. Going to a new team, a level of uncertainty does cause you some issues. But steals and assists are, are valuable, and he's got pretty good efficiency most of the time. Brad Beal goes at 54. I think that's a very strong pick. Um, the guy that's sort of around here that is interesting here to me is going to be where Brandon Ingram ends up going, and Chris Middleton, Middleton won't go yet. Um Jarrett Allen, the other one here. And then we start getting into uh, Randall, Pirtle, Territory, Shangun, who I reckon is going to go pretty soon. Oh, there you go. Shangun goes now at 55. Again, probably a little bit early. But he's obviously believing in Cade. He's believing in Shangun. He's going very young. You're, you're my guy to have a look at today, carry on my Haywood son. I'm going to be really focusing on your team. Jay Garrison. Curry, Irving, Markinen, Murray. Good Good squad. Again, a thing we, we do over-focus on drafts and mock drafts, and we look at these teams, or this team's clearly better, this team's clearly trash. It's just not really how it works. Like uh, We need to really sort of take a step back from some of this stuff and have a look that things can just wildly change in an instant. And unless you just have an absolute disaster or your league is filled with four or five disasters and then you just pick up all the pieces, it, everyone can be relatively in the right spot or relatively close enough to be competitive. Your draft does not end things. Walker Kessler at 56 is pretty interesting. I like it. Uh, Jared Allen at 57, Ingram at 58. These are all pretty strong picks. Very hard to argue there. I just talked about Ingram and Allen being some of the guys. I was not necessarily targeting, but looking at what I need to look at, I think in my next couple of picks is like a Simons or a Hero, someone who can uh, help me with my scoring, help me with my threes, they're going to get okay assists, but not spectacularly high. Oh, that is an interesting combination from Bobby Boyle. After 
Ingram went at 58. Julius Randle, 59. Then he went with Gideon Barnes. So two low-scoring, high-ish assists, bad free-throw shooting players. And he's got... What, an, what a combo. So he's got Davis, who's below average. Trey, who's awesome. Mobley, who's below average. Levine, who's awesome. Gideon Barnes, who are bad. So is he punting free throws? Is he... I don't know what he's doing. Let me have a look at his team. Bobby Boyle, what do I project his free throws to currently sit at? Oh, he's at 80. Okay. That's not bad. What's my team currently at free throws? 80 as well. There you go. Oh, because I had Claxton, didn't I? Yeah. All right. There you go. So after Vass- after Barnes goes Devin Vassell, Brookie Lopez, Franz Wagner. Okay. Hard to... I think maybe Vassell's marginally higher, but it's okay. Um, Jay Garrison, winding it down. He's only, He's got Kessler, so he's got good blocks. He needs more. If you want to be competitive... Yeah, there you go. If you want to be competitive in blocks, you've got to get two of them. And he did it. He went back-to-back with Kessler, Gobert. That is obviously when you've got... That's an interesting combo too, because you've got Steph, Kyrie, and Markkinen. And then you've got two absolute free throw disasters in Kessler and Gobert. Is that enough to bolster them? Can you keep them high? I'll talk about you in a second, carry on my Haywood son. What team is that? Jay Garrison. I don't have his updated free throws, but he was sitting pretty strong. He was sitting at 83 prior to adding Gobert, so he should be okay. Kyle Kuzma goes at 66, which is okay, maybe a bit early, okay. Paulo Banquero goes at 67. It is just it needs to be really specific about drafting Paulo. And it's it is tough for him to exceed that in a category league. The Bronco goes at 68. I actually think that's pretty good value for Jalen Williams. Um, what am I looking at? I think I need one of these scorers or a Dan Gafford, maybe. No, I'm pretty sure I can get Gafford later on. So I won't do that. Jeremy Grant goes at 69. All right, Hashi, what are you doing? Middleton can go into my queue. Ooh, some of these names at the top of this queue are rough, man. Um, all right, let's get some threes. Simons or Hero for me. I'm going to get one of them. I don't know which one. I think I might take Ant. Interesting, Kyle Lowry claims that he's starting for Miami. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Mm. Mm. Uh, hmm. Let's take... What pick are we at? That's Pirtle at 70. Let's take Simons at 71. I still need to fill out a guard slot, a power forward, and a forward slot because I've got three center-only players. I want Which team do I want to go back and check their free throws? Like Jay Garrison. I'll go that, back and do that in a sec. So, Cam Johnson might be... Ooh, is Cam, yeah, Cam Johnson's an option for me too. Helps my four depth, gives me some points and threes. Well, Hero goes one spot after Simons. Um, my blocks are looking all right. I probably knew, do need to do something about them later with an Okongwu or Gafford or a Williams or a Duran with one of my later picks, which would be at 95, 98. Can I trust them to be there? Mm, I don't know. Marcus Smart goes at 73. I'm going to... Hmm, what am I going to do here? I think I'm going to take Cameron Johnson. Might be a 20-point-per-game scorer. All right, let's take Cam Johnson there. I know he's dealing with a hamstring injury at the moment. I'm not too worried about that as we move forward. And then what I'm going to have to do on the way back around is grab myself another centerish block player. Gafford, Okongwu, Duran, Williams. Jalen Green is going to be on my Q2. And Wendell Carter's not really a block guy, unfortunately. All right, so took Cam Johnson there at 74. 
Jay Garrison, I was going to check his free throw. So yeah, he went. He's now at seventy nine after drafting Steph, Kyrie, and Markkinen. That that's obviously free throws can be a weird category with volume each week, and they change. That's an interesting strategy, but we can do that. We can pivot with stuff. We can pivot with our and his team looks relatively strong. He's a interestingly, there's a lot of teams doing a punt assist here. There's like four of them who are really leaning into it. Me, Hashi. JV, Jay Garrison and Barnes for MVP all looked at... Well, Mark Williams goes at 77, right? Cool. Guess I can't get him later. Rogier goes at 75, Chris Paul 76, Williams 77, Fultz 78. Um, so a lot of teams leaning into that punt free throw scenario, or punt assist scenario. One of them, Hashi, has gone punt free throws as well. Ooh, carry on my Haywood son. I love, again, I love it. I always want these people in my drafts because you just think everything different to me. No chance in hell that I take CJ McCullum there. But it's great. Let's do something different. I don't want everyone sucking my dick and doing the same thing as me. Do something different. Have some different thoughts, which I guess maybe you could say you do think like me with Kate, but I wouldn't go that high. But that's high for CJ for me. Chrissy Middleton goes at 80. Morant goes at 81. I would have liked to have got Jar in round nine versus round eight in a category league. In a points league, round seven, I think is totally okay. If you are in the FBI LOFB bowl, though, don't draft Jar Morant because the first phase finishes in January and you're just not going to get him to play. That or Barnes for MVP, absolute hatred of that pick with Bud Heald. Me and Noah Rubin are going to be debating him in the next couple of days. I have absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. So while we might look at him as an interesting guy for threes and he can do that, I think he's around 11 sort of player, not 10. And we're not talking about a 10 or 15 spot difference. I'm talking in my mind, like a 30, 40 spot difference here for Heald. Derek White goes at 83. And I'm not particularly interested in that one either. I just think that, yes, injuries might open up more opportunities, but he could also be the one getting hurt. And then when he is in that starting lineup, he is the fourth, sorry, he's the fifth offensive option and not even necessarily the number one ball handler anymore. Ty Jones, 84. Okongwu, 85. Miles Bridges, 86. Jimmy, I didn't like your white pick. I like your... I don't like, I don't like to say I like the Bridges pick, but I do. There's value there. Or oh, I hate that one as well from you, Barnes. Trey Murphy at 87. I just... Like Trey, no guarantee he would start before the injury. No guarantee he's going to start after the injury. I think he's awesome. I'm not convinced of how they use him. Michael Ponder Jr. goes at 88. Very specific player. Points, rebounds, threes. Doesn't get to the line ever, but it's okay. I probably would have liked him maybe around later, but it's hard to get too worked up over it. Who's going to pull the trigger on Ben Simmons, and when's that going to happen? Scooter goes at 89 to Jay Garrison. Scoot's actually probably a downside free throw player, and he's going to hurt your field goals as well. I think Scoot is going to be awesome, and I think he's going to disappoint people from a fantasy rankings perspective this season quite, quite early on. I think it's going to be pretty bad early on for him from a rankings perspective. Johnny Collins goes at 90. Okay. I don't fully see the big bounce back, but there is actual clear upside there for him carry on. So good for that. Dan Gafford goes. All right. So my center names are starting to come off the board. I need to start focusing on who I'm going to grab. I'm going to chuck Duran in there. I'm going to chuck Capella in there. I'll throw Wiggins in there as well. Mitch Robinson doesn't really do it for me. Wendell Carter goes at 92. Um, yeah, annoying that Gafford went there and Mark Williams is gone. Hmm. Because I do need to bring these blocks up. Do I, Rob Williams is a backup. Do I like that? Not really. Austin Reeves goes at 93. Reeves is slipping down. I, I like that quite a bit there. And it does look like there's still a chance in LA that Vanderbilt starts over Hachimura. 
In one of the scrimmages, he was running with the starters and Rui was running with the backups. And in another one, I believe Torian Prince ran and both Hachimura and Vanderbilt came off the bench. So watch that one. Ah, Jalen Duran goes one pick ahead of me. Um, I, ooh, hmm, that's, do I take the dental pant plan legend? I think I do. I don't love that free throw percentage, but that helps me field goals. It helps me blocks. It helps me rebounds. I do need to get threes next, and then I'm going to swing back around and grab Jalen, Jabari Smith. I might grab Jalen Green or Clay Thompson. Well, obviously one of those is young with upside, and one of those is Clay Thompson. I still have a guard and a forward spot available. But I've got now Embiid, Claxton, Aiton, and Capella. Four centers to structure this team around. Um, and if Capella does get traded, I think his value goes up from there. Although his block rate has dropped off pretty considerably. I like that Wiggins pick from you, Abel De La Rosa. You're in a lot of these mock drafts, mate. And I, just apologies to everyone. Sometimes if you jump in a mock draft and you're in the mock draft the day before, I'm going to kick you out. I just want a variety of names. Like old mate D-Rock from yesterday's mock draft. He jumped in this one as well. I kicked him out. Sorry sorry to you, mate. I just want a little bit of diversity of names and players in here. Um, hmm. Jalen Green. Do I do it? Let's do it. I don't love it, but I can I can really deal with his field goal percentage. And there's clear points and threes value in that. And that makes sense for this team. And he's actually, look, he could be worse than this, but he's actually got upside to beat it by 40 spots. Probably doesn't, but it's not hard to see him do it. The Rob Williams was interesting. He is going to be a backup. What does that mean? 23 minutes. They'll play a little bit together, but not a huge amount. So, yeah. Well, there goes Spenny Simmons at 99. Hashi, as I said, was punting. He was punting assists, and he was punting free throws. So now, hmm, I'm not sure what he's doing. So Rob Williams moves into a smaller role. Brogdon, him and Brogdon coming off the bench on that team. Pretty interesting squad, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Draymond at 100. I love that. Draymond's injured beginning of the season, but on the right squad, he makes a lot of sense. Now, Emma, I have... Is this the same Emma that does a lot of these mock drafts? I'm pretty sure it is. You do like going with these sort of punt assists sort of scenario or punt uh, points a lot of the time, but that's not what you're actually doing here now that I look at it. Sorry. False alarm. All right, so what I want to also highlight here, Jabari, Trey Jones goes at 101, Jabari at 102. As you know, when I set up rankings and draft boards, I automatically punt turnovers because I think that I don't want to have the two biggest correlated things between all nine categories is points and, and rebounds, sorry, points and turnovers and assists in terms, the two biggest correlations, right? So number one, that makes turnovers a, a bad category to target because if you're targeting that, you're losing two on the other side. That's not a great idea. But the other part of it is, is because of the negative correlation and the way turnovers work in terms of the absence of a player helps that category, is that I'm in this punting assists, right? And I'm still punting turnovers in my evaluation and rankings of players. I'm punting assists in this draft. I have the best turnovers out of everybody in the league by paying zero attention to it. They're not included in my evaluation of a player. They're not included in a ranking. My team projects a turnover at 1.8, while every other team is over 2.1. Is that a big difference? It's not significant, but it does put me clear ahead of everybody else while I still pay zero attention to it. So if you're going to use a straight nine-cat ranking, that is where I think it leads you into tremendous trouble. And unless you just ignore those rankings and reach up to get points and assists, you will never be competitive in those two categories is how I view that. That is why I do it. 
I am look, me punting turnovers does not mean that I am going to lose turnovers in every draft because currently I am winning turnovers by paying zero attention to them. After that little diatribe, after Jabari Smith when Zach Collins, I like that pick. Clay Thompson, good pick. See, carry on my Haywood son. That's a good pick from you. Bruce Brown, like it. D'Angelo Russell, Valanciunas, Shaden Sharp. That's probably a little early for Shaden, but you're on the turn, so go for it. Nurkic in round 10. Keegan Murray, round 10. Gary Trent. Yeah, I don't know. Are they going to start Schroeder? Are they going to start Trent? Trent's a specialist, but maybe that works for you. Uh, Aaron Gordon goes to, is that a dog? We know that Gordon's value really rises when you punt free throws. This is a definite punt free throw team with Giannis and Sabonis, which is an excellent pairing, by the way, and Fox, so that's good to get him there. Jaden McDaniels, I don't see it. I don't see the upside for him. If you have a listen, I don't know if you guys listen to Dunked On. John Krasinski was there talking with Nate the other day, and they were talking about Jaden McDaniels, and Krasinski brought up a point that I bring up all the time, right? And he was like, yeah, Jaden might take steps forward, and then oh, maybe it was Nate. Said, yeah, but how does he get shots? And that's exactly right. He might improve, but when does he touch it? With Conley and Edwards and Towns, when does he get the ball? And I think that's 100% accurate. He can get better. Doesn't mean he's getting the ball. Paul Reed goes, is it a little early? Maybe, but whatever. Round 10, we're get- I would have liked to have pushed that into the next round, and I don't think you need to go that hard on it. Mitchie Robinson, to- look, taking Paul Reed over Toby Harris is not something I can get behind. As much as I don't love Harris as an option, I would never do that sort of a thing. Some talk that, or some strong talk, that Asar Thompson is going to start in um, Detroit. His defense is awesome. Who comes off the bench? Ivy? Stewart? Bogdanovich? I would absolutely 100% bring Stewart off the bench, but I don't know if they're going to do that. Zubats goes at 117. He's going to start for them. Jordan Clarkson at 119. Be pretty shocked if he didn't start, and now it is my pick. So what am I going to do? Am I just going to lean into Asar here? Clock's running down. I... Hmm. I... I think I might. Eight seconds. Let's do it. Let's take Asar Thompson. Fills out my forward spot. Now we're into the bench. Now, the guy that I am considering here, that I needed to get some steals up. I Sadiq Bay is... Again, I just don't like Sadiq Bay. Well, why do I always end up with him? I think... Look, after Amen, Josh Hart was the other one I was considering. Amen Thompson, then goes Josh Hart, then it goes Spencer Dinwiddie. Do I take PJ? Or do I take Sadiq? Let's take the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay at 120. I always end up with Sadiq in that range. I tell you who's going to start or should start coming off the board soon is the Crucifix, Christian Wood. PJ Washington's also a good option here. I'm going to throw him to... I don't think I get PJ back at 143. Uh, Matherin is an awesome pick here. Again, he's going to be a starter. Obi Toppin. These are the guys that I really like grabbing in these rounds. Um... Someone said, take both Thompsons. You won't. You're right. I won't. I'm not taking both of them. The signing of Reggie Bullock, I think, hurts a man a little bit, which is frustrating. Westbrook goes at 123. Hashi was punting assists, but now it's taken Simmons and Westbrook with the last two picks. So he's obviously still punting free throws, but dropping or getting his assists back to normal, which is, again, you can go into a draft. You can focus on certain things early on, but you can change them. So he was very much down in assists, Hashi, and now he's back to being almost average. The problem is, is that when you start investing into these really assist-only sort of guys and you still don't get your team back to average, is it actually worth it? I don't know. 
my team, I'm quite poor on assists. I do need more strength. I need more steals. I need more threes. Or do I just lean into really building some of those big stats up? I think I want to score. Ben Matherin went, damn it. Matherin went at 124. Uh, Lively, 125. Like it. Flyer, we love that. PJ at 126. Jaden Ivey's going to go into my queue as well. So it's quickly. So is the horse, Keldon Johnson. Uh, Ivy goes at 127. Carry on. My <laughs> um, Don't know about that. But I'm not criticizing much in round 11. Unless you take Harrison Barnes. If anyone takes Harrison Barnes, I'm going to roast you. Bobby Portis goes at 128. Okay, cool. That's cool. Um, what's the average ages of teams? My team's sitting at 26. The youngest team is... Bobby Boyle, 24.9. Carry On's got a 25. Kebab Broiler's got a 25. I'm about the fifth youngest team. Hey, Mr. White's at 26, and I'm at 26.2. Is that a dog? 26.1. Pat Williams at 129. I like it. I don't like Pat Williams, but I like the upside of a play there. Again, taking like a Kevin Herter doesn't make any sense to me in this area. I don't see how he has any shot of beating... It, like, even like that one for you, Barnes. How does Horford beat this number? I don't think it's possible. And, and I hate those picks. This is the stuff that I don't want to do. Although, sorry, Jimmy and Barnesy, we are in a 14-man roster. So... If you want to consider 11 basically like a starter because you're structuring in with um, starters or sorry, with injuries and that sort of stuff, I get it. But when everyone else starts going upside plays, if you want to get those upside guys, you've got to start to do it early because it means if everyone's doing that, then the value guys will fall down a further round. And I wouldn't say that you'd have to prioritize a Herder and a Horford. And I think in most drafts that I'm going to be in, people are going to be taking round 11 as the shot to, to hit upside, which I think you should do. With your last four picks, I don't think you have to go upside necessarily with all four of them. Maybe you want a little bit of a steadier guy that falls who might be the 120th guy, but you get a 150th because that, as we know, also means upside. It's getting value in the right spots. That's good from you, Barnsley. So you went Horford, which I didn't like, but you went Chris Wood at 12. And I don't know that Wood's going to work out. He might be just bad. He is, but he might actually also be bad for fantasy. But we take the crack at it. Tari Eason. Oh, Obi Toppin there at the end of round 11 is, is strong. He's going to start. That is not a surprise. Doesn't mean he's going to stay starting or he's going to play 30 minutes a night, by the way. Eason goes, start of round 12. Avdia, Wood, Steve Adams. Steve Adams works on that Giannis team. Is that the one? Yeah, really, really good from you. Is that a dog? Mike Conley. Yeah, that's rough for me. I, I, I don't get that, Jay Garrison. Um, Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Like, okay. Back to the Eason one. The signing of Bullock. Takes him almost out of 12 teams for me. Sure, it's a flyer situation, but we've got three Rockets going here. Thompson, Brooks, Eason. No way all of those guys make this value. But it's flyer time. But the Bullock signing, well, it's frustrating for the value of guys. Um, hurts the upside there. The Joshy Richardson pick, fine. But that Kyle Lowry point of maybe he's going to start or he thinks he's starting... I don't know, man. It does hurt Richardson, but you're at pick 140, so who cares? Herb Jones at 141. As we get back to my pick, get me some... Ooh, what do I need here? Is it horse time? Not many bigs left. Do I do I take the horse? Or do I get some steals and blocks? Who the hell is giving me steals and blocks, though? Kyle Anderson? That's yuck. Well, I can't take the horse because he went... Quickly doesn't really do it. Do I take Sexton just starter upside? 
Poor God, I really... Yeah, I end up with sex a lot too. And I, I just end up with players I don't like. Because I just think there's upside value in it. It might not work, but he might be their starter. Um, hmm. Like, I think I'm going to target like a Brandon Miller with the next pick. But do I think he's going to be good? Not necessarily. What about what about the talk from the Knicks? We're going to run uh, Quinton Grimes saying he's going to run some plays. Like, hopefully, get the guy, get some guys some shots. He's good. It's better than Barrett. Manuel quickly goes at one forty-four. That is actually pretty good value for for quickly. As much as I am a little skeptical of where he fits and how it works this season. Oh, the other interesting thing from media day from the Clippers is Ty Lue saying, "Yeah, Paul George and Kawhi will play the three and the four because I'll just play where I tell them to." Like, oh yeah, finally you worked out that that's probably the best way to play them instead of putting the decrepit market uh, Marcus Morris out there. Um, Jalen Johnson goes, yeah, I'm losing faith that he's going to impact, but who knows? So what do we do here with my pick? Who is the ups? Ooh, what's the time? 15 seconds. I, I, I don't like him, but maybe I just take the crack at Brandon Miller. Let's just try it. I don't think it's, I think he's going to play really limited minutes, but maybe he plays more in the first 10 games when Bridges is out and then I drop his eyes. Also remember that last round, second last round. You can draft for the wire if you want. Draft for players who are going to have a boost in the first week. Even, honestly, look at week one's schedule. Who has a good schedule? Who plays more games? I don't even have that in front of me. I probably should have a look. Who has the games in week one? Like, there's a few... Half the teams are three, half the teams are two. Draft when your last pick a three-game player. It's week one, and you drop them after that. After Brandon Miller goes Kelly Linick. We know Linick was great last season. His role is probably squished with Collins coming in with more minutes for Kessler and the drafting of Taylor Hendricks. I love that Sohan pick from you, Emma. I like the Levert pick from you, Kebab. I thought it was Kebab Broiler, but it's actually Kebab Roller. Good name. Melton. I don't love Melton at 100. At 150, go for it. Love it. I think it's fantastic, actually, at that spot. And Dennis Schroeder going there to you, Carry On. Also, big, big fan of that move. So, all right. My team's turnovers have actually been... Someone actually overtook me in turnovers. It's not by much. 1.9 versus... 1.91 versus 1.90. So, yeah, they overtook me. They didn't. We're the same. That is also important to notice. You can look at Z-scores and values of things. Go look at the actual numbers and have a look how bees dicky it is. And all it takes is one to two games either way or a weird 10 turnover game or a zero turnover game and that category flips. You've got to be significantly ahead in a category to feel confidence in it. It's why I will tell you consistently that the draft is not the be-all and end-all. When you look at projected standings, it's not the be-all and end-all. There's so many variables that happen. Three to four categories are usually decided each week. The other five to six are up for grabs. Be smart. Um, Brogo. Sure. 152 for him. Gordon Haywood. No problem. That, this is what I mean. The older guys, Brogdon, Haywood, Powell, while if you took them in round 11, I'd say, no, thank you. You're taking them here. There is great upside. If I was the Clippers, I'd just start Powell and George and Leonard together. Whether they or, or man instead of Powell, but instead of bullshit with Batum and Morris. He's an interesting pick there, Normie. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovic goes, and then Keontae George and Jarris Walker. Bobby, I like what you're doing, going young with upside. I don't think George is going to start, unfortunately. And I think you'll end up dropping that one straight away. And I think you'll do the same with Jarris, to be fair. He's not going to start opening night. He's going to be a low-usage player. And it might take a couple of months to get there. And I'm not sure. We well, can't hold both. That's how I'd look at it. I don't think you can hold both of those. Looney goes at 14. Is there upside in that? I guess it helps that Draymond might miss week one. But he's not a great fantasy guy. John Isaac, 
almost no chance that works out, but sure. Corey Kispert, Rashawn Holmes. I've lost a lot of faith in Holmes bouncing back this season. A lot of faith. What what else can we do here? I see my man, uh, Harrison Barnes, still sitting there on the list. Oh, Aaron Neesmith. That is... I, for the life of me, do not understand that. I, Old mate, who I played 12 minutes a game. I don't get it at all. Javon Carter, sure. I just think there's going to be too many guys there. Grant Williams... Absolutely low upside play. I, I don't really get that 100% either. What do I do, though, coming with my selection here? Because it's looking a little grim, a little barren. Christian Brown. All right. Probably doesn't know. But, wow, we're really going crazy here. But that is what this is for. I am going to just take Grimesy there. Give me a starter. Who I think in year three has got upside to go big or bigger from there. I don't think Bowles got any hope, to be fair. It does appear that Cater Bates Diop might be in the driver's seat for the starting position. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what it feels like. All right, Max Struess for the last week. That's pretty good. That's pretty good to get uh, old Struder there. Uh, I do like that. So good, good stuff. Um, okay, just have a look at how this draft played out for me at pick number two. I took Embiid and then Des Bain. Don't love him. Don't love Bane there. All right? In most circumstances, I don't love it. Just trying to do something in terms of bolstering my scoring, and it makes a little bit of sense. Maybe you don't think it does. But like I will continually tell you, rankings don't mean shit. 22 versus 25 doesn't mean anything. 28 versus 26 doesn't mean anything, usually. Just try to be smart with it. Sometimes I'm not smart with it. Maybe this was one of them. Embiid, Bane, George, Claxton, Aiton, Simons. So you notice there, big man first. Punting assists, two smaller guys next to bolster some smalls categories. Then back to the bigs with Claxton and Ayton in four and five. Simons in six, Cam Johnson seven, Capella eight, Jalen Green nine, Asar Thompson 10, Sadiq Bay 11. If I was in the middle of round 10, I don't think I would have taken Asar. But at the back end here, we're basically talking round 11 anyway. So I'll take Sadiq Bay at 11, Sexton 12, Miller 13, Grimes 14. So with my flyer types there, the last five picks... Thompson could start, Bay will start, Sexton likely starts, Miller might start, probably not, might start, and Grimes is going to start. Minutes are so important, and I tried to take a little bit of upside there with those guys. I think all of those guys I could consider have upside at their position, which is what I was going for. And I hope I hope that works out okay. And that, is that it? That is the end of the show. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are on the old YouTube, drop the comments down below. Tell me what you think of this draft and how it played out in general. Remembering, the draft does not mean anything. Well, not true. It means less than you think it means. We all try to do the right thing and have the right builds and build the right teams, but it's a part. It's 50%, maybe less of your actual season. Subscribe, bells, comments, do-do-do. You know what I mean. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.